You are listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, you could even call it a support group, for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own five tents, seven backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Sir Ranolf Fiennes, is, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. Woo! <laughs> Thanks for the pity laugh. So guess, Woo. so guess what happened yesterday? What happened? Yesterday? I mean, this is a big deal. I'm ready. I went out, and uh, so I've been I've been working on my yard, putting in sprinklers and doing other projects and stuff, and so I've been using my my uh, garage as a workshop. So my car is parked out on the road. I walked out the other day. You had to scrape your car. I didn't have to scrape it, but uh, there was frost on my car. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, it was the first freeze yeah. of it. Uh, do you have to use defrost or anything? Or no, just, no, I just, I just gave it okay. five minutes in the sun and it melted it. But, <laughs> but the point is, it's the first freeze. Yes, that I'm aware of of the year, and that is a good sign of of great things to come. Oh yeah, like what do you what do you like do when it gets cold? What do you mean? I stay inside. I stay. Yeah. Don't you just stay inside when it gets yeah, cold? Well, better. yeah. Good things to come. I'm talking like movie night under warm blanket. Mm, yep. Mm. Sipping hot chocolate. Mm-hmm, by the fire. By the fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Watching the snow outside, but not touching it. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> I've already had my first snowstorm because we slept in yeah, one in Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Yeah. 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 Yep, so it tis the season, or it's getting I've off. already scraped windows Stoked. on the inside of my van, which was really weird. I told you about that, right? Things got a little steamy <laughs> in, the, in the van. They totally don't, we did. We don't need to get... We don't need to know you, We don't need to get into I'm that just saying. If you, I mean, just I mean, keep it like... It's an code, old van. Words. It's a family. <laughs> <laughs> this is a family show, and the kids need... Yeah. Well, I did scrape a window. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm behind both of you guys. So it got it got down below. Uh, <laughs> it got down below freezing. You and your wife camped in your camper van. Yeah. Therefore, yep. The window froze and you had to well, scrape we the put, window. Well, we put we I put. Um, do you know the reflectors you put in your windows to keep the sun? Yeah. Yeah. I've got one of those thermal ones or whatever the silver yeah. thermal ones, and I put it in there because to to actually keep you warmer inside right. the van it's an old van you know right. and i put the little curtains around um the curtains don't quite go all the way so that actually helps so people can't see my naked booty in there um <laughs> that's good but yeah but it it actually iced up it caused it to ice up on the inside rather than the outside of the van oh. so i used my scraper on the inside of the van because yeah with the heater on the little propane heater on inside the van it um it it did con create condensation ice on the inside windshield but hmm. already experienced that so two nights in a row actually it did that up in yellowstone that's how cold it was uh last week was a huge week 
for those who thought the last week and a half, two weeks, because right when you you saw the bear yeah. scene, the, the pictures, the images are still coming in. Uh, another bear have, have took over. Oh, I guess really? 791 decided he'd had enough. And then so this another big boar came in and just and buried that particular elk with dirt and just laid on it like it was his. But I don't know how much is left. I saw the video of the wolf coming in trying to sneak well, a... It is the event of... It's probably one of the biggest events I remember happening up there. I mean, it's yeah. very... It just doesn't happen And my wife often. didn't want to park and hike back a mile to look at a it. A mile's a long way. One, one, also, once in a lifetime well, is a, a life. long time. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. She doesn't listen to this podcast, so actually, she does oh, on occasion. That is might. so funny. But, Not funny, but, <laughs> but it is a good reminder that things can happen, and you don't realize the, you don't realize the impact of it. You're like, th- no, you don't understand. This is never going to happen again. You will never see this. Yeah, like probably ever. Right. Not in person. In person. Right. Yeah, and so. Uh, there was a time when we were in Yellowstone when we watched a, a coyote try and take down a deer or something, and we just sat and watched because I don't know if I'm ever going to see that again. Probably not, yeah. Which is weird. Well, I'm glad that we got that in because yeah. I was really concerned. None of us went to Yellowstone this week, and I wasn't sure how we were going to fit in Yellowstone talk. And I'm week. going next week, so we'll figure it out. <laughs> so next week, we'll have plenty of Yellowstone oh, good. info oh, yeah. for you. Good, good. Well, anyway, I'm glad we could fit that in. But this week... It's with with cold weather with on the, the first way, freeze, first let's freeze. Talk skiing. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So we uh, we've talked about Icelandic a little bit in the past, and and Chase and I love the skis. Chase has been a fanboy for a while, and I skied him for the first time last winter and fell in love. Icelandic's great, but a brand that I've really liked for many years, long before Icelandic, uh, is Volet, and they're a Utah brand, and uh, that's what we're going to talk about. So today. not from France. No, not okay. the volet. It's yeah. just volet. Volet. It's, okay. Yeah. Because, wa- uh, you know, voila, V O I L A, voila. Voila. Friend, voila. Yeah, voila. 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 Well, it's like that, except with an E, and it means nothing. French, anyway. And it's a Utah brand. What? And we like them. What they make does amazing volet sp- mean? No idea. Not even a clue. I wonder if it's on their website. I think it's a made-up word. <clears throat> uh, Let me see. Um, um, well, we carry their skis and we're and their uh, splitboard bindings. Oh, uh, no! There you go. It is a word. A thin, plain weave, semi-transparent fabric of cotton, wool, or silk. I think that's exactly what they were going for. Same. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. It really sense. does. Uh, well, in French, a sail. Well, a I sail think like I think sailboat. in French it actually means that strap that holds your skis together. <laughs> oh, volet uh, strap. Volet straps. Right. Oh, volet mm. strap. That's yeah. You may not heard of volet, but you've heard of volet straps. straps. Yes. That, actually, that's very <laughs> well be true. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know they make skis? Yeah, that's yeah. wow, shocking. Okay, they well, make great. They skis. make uh, split boards and skis and, and bindings, probes and crampons. Yeah, and yeah the, and their shovels. their big thing for many years has been they're they're a backcountry brand. They made shovels, made split boards long before they were popular. They made uh, split board bindings, 
uh, skis, backcountry skis, telemark bindings, all those things. They've been doing it for 30 plus years. Um, We're getting gear 30 maybe 40 years. branded volley straps. Yeah. Just so you know. Yeah. We are, as they say here, all aboard the brand wagon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all aboard. They, so they're, they're made in Utah? Handmade in yeah. Salt Lake City, What do you Utah? mean handmade? They Like with hand, with they people's use their hands. hands. They got to use machines. How do they pump well, out that much gotta stuff? They got to use ski machines. presses. Yes, but you have to use your hands to push the button, button. to make the machine make the It's skis. not this fancy, extravagant automated system that just takes a piece of wood and turns it into a ski. Well, how are volet skis made differently than um, Elon skis? Hmm. Well, I haven't been to either factory. But I thought yeah. Elon had like the best ski manufacturing. So they've got one of the biggest. And one, probably one of the most advanced. Yeah. They make skis for many, many other brands. And they make right. them over in, in Eastern they're, Europe. They're the largest ski manu- That facility is the largest ski manufacturer in the world. Which I bet a lot of people don't know that. No, a lot don't. They make part of Black Crow skis. Come out of either the Atomic Factory or the Elon Factory. Um, huh. And that's, I mean, Elon makes a lot of different people's skis. Yeah. Elon's skis are sweet. I, I like Elon. Um, Volet, one cool thing about them is because they're, they're built here in Salt Lake. They can, if they have an idea for a ski, they can turn that idea into a ski in like a day or two and go ski it and try it out. So they've got a lot of flexibility as far as trying new ideas, testing things out and stuff. And every year they usually come out with one or two new skis that they came up with and skied here in Utah to test out in the Salt Lake resorts or maybe up even here in Ogden. Big cottonwood, little cottonwood. Yeah, and they get to try them out in the backcountry. They get to try them out at resorts and stuff like that. And if it works, then they everybody tests it out and then they, they make it a new model for the next year. And if it doesn't work, then they keep trying and they try new things. So they've got a lot of... That's why if you look at like Backcountry Magazine and some of those other magazines, Volley wins an inordinate amount of uh, awards in backcountry ski magazines, probably more than more than pretty much every other company, because that's what they're dialed into, that's what they're focused on, and and they've got such flexibility in how they design their skis and stuff like that and manufacture them. Um, they're a small, a smaller sh- factory. They can't they can't manufacture near the amount of skis as all the other factories, and so. You kind of, like, they make a whole bunch, but when they're gone, they're kind of gone for mm-hmm. that year. And we get we get what we can get in, and a lot, and many times we'll sell out, and we try to reorder, and they say, sorry, we're, we're uh, maxed we're out. out, we're sold out, and uh, have to wait till next year. And so they're kind of, they make amazing skis, but they, they're also kind of exclusive skis for that reason, because they just don't, don't have the manufacturing that some of the like Rosignol or Elon or some of those big companies have. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Their their heritage and Greg already touched on this is just backcountry. That's they're not there to please the masses of the Alpine skiers. Yeah. They're there to Well, I like about their about us page. The first thing says, Are we a French company? question mark? The short answer is no. Let's put it this way. A microwave burrito is way more 
common in our lunchroom than a baguette and brie. After work, beer is far more likely to be imbibed than wine, and secondhand smoke from a, what is that, a galoose, galoose, would never be tolerated. <laughs> Must be Frenchisms. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So what's up with our Euro Trash Pseudo France file name? We're not sure ourselves. But what we do know <laughs> is that for 35 years, the name Volet, Volet, has been synonymous with backcountry winter adventure. Rather than the Alps, we are located minutes away from the best snow on earth, the Wasatch Mountains of Utah. Our focus in the early 1980s, which I did not realize they were around that long. I thought yeah. they were for fairly newer than that, but was aimed toward backcountry skiing and the resurgence of the telemark turn. Then, in 1991, Volet turned the snowboard world upside down by introducing the much-needed design of a backcountry splitboard. The original concept was the brainchild of avid Utah rider and avalanche forecaster Brett Cowboy Kobernick. He sought out the technical know-how of Volet's namesake and CEO Wally. Oh, crap. Wariokas. Wariokas. And the rest is history. So there you go. And they've been... So we carry what? The skis? No no splits from them. We don't do splitties from them, no. Yet? Or why? Uh, I don't yet yeah i don't know that we ever will okay um i i don't do the split board buying do we have their bindings coming in um we're doing spark r&d spark R&D. okay mm -hmm. um we don't do a ton of split boards at gear 30 um so we're a little more selective and don't bring in a huge variety um volley split board bindings i've heard are really great um but our snowboard buyer likes the spark r&d more um, like to the function, so that's what we went so with. So it's been. Who's our, who's our snowboard buyer? This Cody. Year? Cody. Mm -hmm. When were we at the outdoor program? What year was that? Oh, 1982. Yeah, Stop <laughs> it. it was uh, <laughs> uh, ten years ago. 2008, 10, 2010. Yeah, t 2010 is when. So we started Gear Thirty 2012. So 20. So, so about yeah, 2000, 2010. so about 10 years ago yeah. is when I built my first split board with Volet, their split board kit. Mm -hmm. And that was more common back then than buying, well, I think, than buying a split board. You bought the kit from Volet and then you literally took a saw, skill saw, to your freaking snowboard <laughs> cut and in cut half. it in half and... And put put it together epoxy on a kit, the, yeah. Epoxy, which is crazy the, because now you know they're they're very they're made they're made to perform in both the ski while you're while you're skinning up and then of course while you're snowboarding down. But yeah, yeah. Was cool. it kind of intimidating to make your own split board? Uh, I no, I I paid like fifty bucks for the board off of you know some second hand store site or something i don't remember how i got it but it was like not so it's still a board and it's still like and i had a ben with me and ben had made one himself and so this was like the second one he was doing and and it's just like draw a line down the middle <laughs> cut it start piecing it back together sweet i still have it no way yeah right you should bring it's it full, into the shop it's someday. full rocker though so it's actually a terrible split <laughs> you should bring it into the yeah, shop i should someday. i should yeah i gotta find it <laughs> yeah it's in my basement sweet yeah volet is <clears throat> just a sweet company that's really pioneering or pioneered 
backcountry travel. I would I would say maybe not pioneered it, but pushed the envelope. Uh, I mean pioneered. pioneered. Yeah, yeah, I would say. Um, when nobody else was doing it, they were so. Um, so what what fully stuff do we have coming in this winter? Uh, so we have the Manti, which is a new ski for them. Oh, um, they are they are calling it their quiver killer, mm. which is a very very um, touchy word to claim. You know. Well, to, we, I was talking about that with the shopper in the store bold. today. Old claim. Old claim. Yeah, about like, cause he was, it was in backpacks, right? And he's like, well, I'm backpacking a lot, but I, I'm mostly doing weekend oh. trips, and so I don't need something heavy. I need something that's a little bit lighter, you know. Blah blah. I'm like, yeah, that's when you need a quiver, because you certain trips require different types of packs, and mm-hmm. that's why you have. So to say you have a quiver killer in anything, you are now saying. Uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't need this specific pack for this situation. I don't need a specific powder <laughs> ski. I don't need a specific the qu- it's a downhill qu- ski. I mean, yeah, like, you know what I mean? Ski to do it all. If you can, so is it backcountry specific? Yeah, it's it's going to be a backcountry quiver okay. killer. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I don't even think Volet thinks of ski design and thinks of skiing a lift. <laughs> yeah. They can be skied in the resort. Mm, I've see. sold plenty to customers that put a, a Vipec or a, a backcountry binding that can handle backcountry and resort and they ski at the resort as well. But in their mind, they're thinking this is for your Dawn patrol. This is for your all day trip. This is for your powder skiing. This is to ski boilerplate and ice and just everything, all, all the different conditions. This is your one ski quiver. I mean, the waist width is one Oh two, which is a very, very versatile, waste with you can ski powder in that you can ski really uh, hard snow in that i want this ski <laughs> it's a sweet I'm just like <laughs> i'm looking at all these specs and the profile and stuff and it's like it's like my my style it's of speaking ski. to you it, already the profile of it kind of reminds me a little bit of the natural yep that's what i was thinking and uh this is the manta i love that mm-hmm. ski. yeah the um comes in retail 695 yeah, which is not bad, right? Just just so you know, the Manti their their quiver killer ski is not covered under warranty if you mount it with quiver killers. Yeah, with quiver, I think quiver killer inserts. Or like, yeah, I don't think any of their skis are warranted with. No, they're quiver. not. Yeah, no. is that pretty common across the board? I don't know. I haven't. I had a customer ask that the other day, and I was actually not sure what the no idea what the response was to that. Yeah, I've one. never actually. Uh, Never even thought about that until just this moment. So I have a question on these. It says, and maybe you don't know this, it has an anti-ice top sheet. Mm. Just a top sheet that doesn't collect snow and ice up. So most skis do? Not most, but some definitely do. Some skis, snow gets on there and they just, just when you're in the skin track, it just starts to build up and build up, and it's heavy. you're lugging around 25 pounds. So it's of some snow. sort of slick material that it doesn't adhere to. Mm-hmm. Snow doesn't. Huh? Exactly. Cool. Which is nice. I've had skis that that don't do that, and they get really heavy on the uphill for yeah. sure. Has a laminated aspen wood core, a volet carbon weave, so that's your strength. A rubber foil. Yeah, the carbon weave. Help carbon's a really cool layer to put in if you know how to lay it up because you can really adjust how how 
uh, stiff, how responsive, how flexy it is, and, and stuff like that. It it can add some rigidity, it can add some pop if that's how you want it, or it can, I mean, just depending on how you, you lay it up. And so uh, more and more companies are using carbon in their layups because you can uh, manipulate it so in so many different ways. The difference is, though, is usually if you find carbon in a ski's layup, the ski is Expensive. 900 plus yeah. dollars, yeah. Not, not 700. Hmm. Yeah. So that's pretty sweet. So it's got a gradual tail rocker. And now it, it says the length is 171. Does that mean that that's the only size they have look, left? They have in 171, 176, 181, 186. Oh, here it is. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the 186, your waist is 105. 181, your waist is 104, 103, and 102. Yeah. That's so the I, ticket. Yeah. So the waist changes with oh, the length. Oh, man. I mm-hmm. like this. Ski. Does that always happen? So the weight, yeah, as you, uh, it, I think in a lot of skis it will. Mm. A lot of companies, they'll take like the 181, which is probably your most common sold ski, and they'll take that waist width, and it'll be like the, the Nomad 105. And the 181, it's a 105, mm. and it might vary a little bit depending on what um, size you are. I've seen that happen, and they'll just kind of stick with the median. So For years, and I don't know if this is still true, but I think for a while the Nomad 105 actually had a closer to a 110 millimeter waist because the first press they built on and the first mold and everything was actually closer to 110, but people loved how it performed. So they just called it the Nomad 105 and kept it at 105. And it, yeah. So interesting. Um, their ski techs would go to mount it with like a 100 millimeter break and be like, oh crap, this is actually a little too oh. wide. So I don't know if that's still how the Nomad 105 is, but um, yeah, the usually they'll take like the, the number in between and it will, it may vary a millimeter or two from here or there, but not too bad. So this got Backcountry Magazine's editor's choice. That's that's what I mean. It's like every almost is every it even out year, yet? Uh, this is the first year it's out, right? Is yes, your first year for I, it. I believe so. Um, so that probably means that they all these ski magazines were testing it last year. Mm. Um, yeah, for this year's season. Um, but Backcountry Magazine, it's like I think Volet wins Editor's Choice pretty much every year <laughs> for Backcountry Magazine. Either either they're like lining their wallets with money and buying the thing or they just make really really good skis i'm guessing it's probably the second i wouldn't i mean i i'm not saying it couldn't be i couldn't couldn't be the first i'm not saying everybody knows everybody in the freaking business right yeah i mean you go to like backpacker magazine the editor's choice awards i kind of always assume yeah maybe they spent a little extra in advertising with backpacker that year something i don't know that like some of that stuff does happen um but Volet seems to get a lot of awards. You mean who you know matters? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, Volet team seems to get a lot of awards, and they're a smaller company. I would think, like, if that's how it worked, Rosignol or Solomon would be getting awards every year because they got lots of money. Yeah, but they don't they, Yeah, they don't specialize in backcountry. So they, they, Volets must make spe- good, specific backcountry equipment. Right. There are, there are definitely skis that get a ton of awards every year and if you talk to people that work in the industry it'd be like one of the last skis they ski on (laughs) and it's like hmm i wonder how that happened so i tell everyone ski is ski and make form the opinion yourself some sometimes the awards are 
very well deserved, but sometimes it's like, hmm, I don't know. I think in this instance, having skied them and know Vole's past history and the company and what they kind of stand for, I would, I would trust that. But. So, uh, I mean, to give you an idea, the oh. supercharger yeah. from uh, Vole from years past, these are the awards that they got. Uh, 2017 Editor's Choice from Powder Magazine, Free Skier Magazine, Backcountry Magazine, Outside Magazine, and some other one here that I can't read. So it's like, it's a good, good yeah. ski. They're, yeah. they're not buying all those. Um, the V8. Right. Holy crap. The V8 has gotten... Uh, Powder Magazine Skier's Choice, Free Skier Editor's Pick, Powder Magazine Skier's Choice, Backcountry Mags Editor's Choice, and the Ultimate Quiver from Wild Snow. Yeah. So what you're saying is they know how to make skis. They know how to make skis. And I'll tell you, um, you know, all of those are good, but Wild Snow in particular, like, they're not being bought out. They're... Yeah. And Wild Snow knows their stuff. They're one of the... One of the blogs out there, backcountry skiing blogs that I trust most. Um, really good. So, so bringing in the Manti, bringing in anything else? Uh, the V6 as well. V6. Mm-hmm. So the Manti has a profile of a gradual tail rock. Uh, is that really? a cambered length there yeah. with an early rise tip? Early rise tip, yep. Now, are, is, do most skis have an early rise these days? What's going on with the... feels like I see a lot of early rise. It's pretty common, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely in a an all-mountain or a powder ski for sure. Um, really, the only skis that you'll see uh, that don't have some sort of a rockered or early rise tip are going to be like your slalom race skis and, and those types of things. Um, but here in Utah, pretty much every ski is going to have an early rise because you're getting it to ski powder for the most part or you want it to ski powder decently and that early rise really helps to keep your ski on ski tips on top and uh, smooths out tundry choppy snow Mm -hmm. did you you say the v6 v8s you're bringing in v6 and so why those over the v8s because the v8s have all these awards it's the same ski the vh just a little bit wider um and I felt I felt the Manti and the V6 are just a little bit better, kind of backcountry quiver killers, especially with the other skis that we've got coming in. I think that these ones just complement each other a little bit better. Yeah, good, good waist widths. Yeah, the the V6 you're talking like a 95, 96 waist. Um, when you start getting into like the 110, 115 waist, then you might look at uh, the Icelandic skis when you're getting into that type of size um and the v8 you're talking over 100 what is the v8 105 waist or something um it starts at 107 107. for the 165 but 181 is 114 okay so pretty wide yeah it's quite a bit wider so really your your lightweight uh all mountain uh ski is your v6 your do everything ski is your manti and then your wider powder ski from the back country is going to be your natural or the nomad light yeah um, from Icelandic exactly 
Sweet. Well, I'm super excited to have Volet. Well, last year we didn't have Volet in, right? Nope, we years, didn't. Years before, we've we've carried Volet for a long time for some whatever reason. Last year didn't didn't work out, but oh. we'll have him back again. And this also makes me kind of happy, and I'm sure it will make you guys kind of happy. They are no longer carried through Backcountry.com or CampSaver. So yeah, if you would like Volet, you will have to go to a local specialty retail i don't think they're carrying in big box like rei really um they might be in rei could be i don't know but yeah um talking about the rep, one in farmington just not you they definitely to to actually they don't have them in farmington because well at least last year they didn't they had a pretty terrible selection Oh, skis. <laughs> yeah. yeah it just didn't feel like it matched what what you'd ski in this area but um yeah. They, probably because it was a new store and they gave them all the leftovers. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> take this crap. <laughs> um, but, yes, they they can't be found everywhere, and that goes back to their roots. Um, they want to focus on specialty small stores, local retailers that yeah. focus on the customer and making sure the customer has the right thing and not on pushing a large volume of skis. Sweet. So, And if you can't afford the skis, come buy some straps. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Still got the name. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Chase, for the info. Um, so, Vole, if you want to check out what their skis are all about, go to Vole.com, V-O-I-L-E.com. Vole! Remember, it's uh, it's French for we don't know. sail. Sail. Like a sailboat sail. I think it's French for fun in the backcountry. Yeah, yeah. It's English. It's it's Utah for fun in the backcountry. Mm-hmm. Simple, solid backcountry, back as go. they would say. Um, yeah, check out volet.com or go to gear30.com, G-E-A-R-T-H-I-R-T-Y.com to get your Manti or your V6 volet skis. Uh, again, your Manti is going to be a slightly wider, kind of a, a, a one, what is it, 105 One underfoot? 102, 102 underfoot. 105. It's like the perfect do-everything size. Um, your V6 is 95 underfoot, also perfect for... It kind of do everything, but in particular, it might be a, a real good uh, ski mountaineering ski. Slightly narrower waist means maybe a little bit better edge hold if you're doing some spring ski mountaineering, but still plenty of float and plenty of width for powder skiing. You know, back in the day, back when I was skiing in high school, my wide powder skis were like 95 underfoot, <laughs> like my real wide ones. My narrowest ski is 96. The, the ski that I had, <laughs> the ski that I had at the time, uh, was the widest ski that Black Diamond made. Uh, the Havoc when it first came out was the widest one they made, and it was ninety five hundred foot. <laughs> and then they came out with the like Megawatt and the mm-hmm. some of the others, and then they got up to like a hundred and forty underfoot or something ridiculous. But like the Gigawatt, I think, was the really super wide one. But anyway, yeah, that's. Uh, I'm not even that old, but that dates me a little bit, I guess. No, but those, that gigawatt or whatever, it looked like they were like this, like water skis. Yeah. They're huge. They were absolutely huge. I had a couple of friends that, uh, that, uh, had those and, um, they had the megawatt and they also had the gigawatt and they liked the gigawatt, but ended up skiing the megawatt a lot more. I think it's just, you get that wide and it's just almost too much yeah start calling you chris you're almost too too on top of the snow with that wide of a ski yeah you're basically snowboarding 
with two snowboards on each yeah. one on each foot. <laughs> two snowboards. <laughs> like you gotta be able to get under the snow a little bit, you know? Right. To to actually tell that you're skiing powder. Right. That's why I still ski on seventy millimeter <laughs> with yeah. skis. That's a lie, but that's because okay. I yeah. <laughs> um <clears throat> sweet. Alright, well check out gear thirty dot com for your backcountry needs and uh Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. And um, I think that's it. Any oh, like us on Facebook. Uh, follow us on Instagram at gear underscore three zero. And check out YouTube. Search Gear Thirty on YouTube, and you'll find some of our videos. All right. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next episode. See you out there. Woo.